0: Welcome to the Aikido London discussion series. Today's chat is with Jose Mosquera um, from Madrid once more. Uh, again, another repeat um, visitor, and um, our subject is going to be Aikido as a martial art and other matters. And we're going to find out what those other matters are in a moment. But first of all, um, hello, Jose. Hello, Ismail. Thank you for having
1: me back on the path on the podcast. Uh, it's um last time around was uh very enjoyable As have been all the other super interesting guests that you've uh had uh since the inception of the podcast so blessed to be back hope you're in good health hope all the listeners are in good health and dealing with the current pandemic the best they can and um yeah um thanks for having me
0: again You're welcome. And and the subject, I like it because nothing could be more opposite of the last podcast we had, which was on Zen. And related matters but then again in, in the world of Zen you could argue that it 's all Zen so it doesn 't really matter does it but um it 's a good one it's it 's one that 's been you could, i suppose we could say it 's been done to death i don 't know um i, I don 't think so otherwise i wouldn 't uh, be doing this but um we 've got our own uh, personal um, interpretations of this and uh, I'd like to know um, about yours and the, the, the other matters part we, 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 maybe we should start that first And but what I mean by that is before we get into Aikido itself uh, Aikido as a martial art which it is there's no disputing that and uh, um, what I would like to find out a bit by you because you've spoken about it here and there but you've had quite a um, a wayward, um youth, I guess, and uh, and if you can sort of give a little description of that colourful past of yours, <laughs> and what and the things you got up to, and uh, it'll build a little pic- nice little picture that we can sort of work off of, and uh, and we can interchange a little bit from there. So please go ahead, uh, Jose.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I suppose like uh, you know, my formational years were like a- any teenage years when people trying to find their way in the world. Uh, And, uh, yeah, at the time I was, uh, already pretty gifted from, uh, training point of view mainly gym uh power and strength work uh type of guy and um you know obviously type for money uh at university as i grew up in a household that uh, yeah there was money to go around but not too much um just you know find your ways to uh to earn a little bit of cash here and there and uh, most people go for the paper run and i was given a job as a as a bouncer in uh Couple of local clubs and uh, some of the bigger events, and uh, yeah, I suppose that led to a few contacts with um, with violence, with mediation, with conflict, with you know, with those things. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's better that you have these um, uh, experiences and you learn from them. And I think I learned a lot. I mean, it's obviously. A tough background. Uh, there's a lot of people I admire. Who actually, you know, there's a, a guy who graduated in philosophy. is one of the most um, knowledgeable guys in in BJJ called John Danaher. He's a he's a Kiwi, and his background when he went to New York City from New Zealand was uh, uh, being a, a, a bouncer in New York City in the really really bad times in New York. And and he's, the, he's incredible right? because he's a super soft spoken philosopher and very articulate and uh, yeah, that's what he was doing for a living back in the days. So and when his parents came to visit, he hid uh, his night activities uh, from them. So no one knew until one day, I think he rocked up with a with a black eye and had to explain to her mom, you know, some of his um, some of the issues. But yeah, I mean, it's. Um, that's a, that's a little bit of my background, and obviously at the time I was training very hard, and I was exposed to a lot of Muay Thai, uh, kickboxing, and some of the martial arts that were happening around me at the time. I, I took an interest, but, um, but but at that time I wasn't really... Overly bothered, really. I thought it was all about strength and power, and it was more the physical intimidation. Where you got a guy built like enormously, like I was back then, and you think differently because you're 19 years old. But yeah,
0: you're, you mentioned white high and, uh, and 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 other um, martial arts. Is that before or during um, your bouncing days? It was uh, during my
1: bouncing days, but I was never really. Um, there was a lot of uh, karate, a lot of kenpo, um, a lot of stuff going on around me because my, my life at that time that circulated around gyms. Uh, I did a tour of uh, a lot of gyms in my home city for a number of reasons. Uh, <laughs> I think I got I got kicked out of one or two of them for being too noisy and throwing the weights around too much, but... Um, but uh, that's a different story. But um, um, yeah, I mean, I never, I never really connected with martial arts at that time. Never really. Always saw him as something. I don't want to say laughable, but like minor. I always thought that there was brute force, and this is the naive thinking of a nineteen-year-old could always overpower, you know, martial skill. And yeah, that's that's. I would only reconnect later. In life, as uh, as I mentioned in your previous podcast, and that was through Zen practice that I would took an interest in, in martiality as an expression of uh, uh, a mushing, a Zen state of mind. But at that time, it was all about being the strongest guy in the world. And
0: you know, I, I, I have to entertain you here Jose. Um, uh, you sound. Almost like patrick swayze uh, you, you ever seen that film uh, I Roadhouse which is uh he's uh he, he studied philosophy that was his degree and um and he, um, and he never loses as a as a i don't call it a bouncer he was um um, he was the lead of the others were the bouncers. He's the uh-huh. one who kind of organised it all and made sure everything worked. I used to love watching that because it was just so simplistic, so so absurd. That uh, but here you are. I mean, we're not. You're not joking. In uh you, you did get into, you, into into Zen, you know, very seriously. And uh, and, and and the way you describe your martial art back then, it sounds almost like um, utilitarian. Meaning, I need a few things so that I can put it together with my. Massive strength that I've developed in the gym, and use that at the doors uh, at these clubs, and, uh, and and a couple of karate skills and white tie skills, and a lot of strength. And I'm going to nine out of ten times, I'm going to be fine. That's what it sounds like.
1: It's exactly what it what it was. I think there was uh, there was a couple of guys that worked with me in the clubs that were. Very, very skillful, martially, particularly in the Muay Thai front, but at the end of the day, the job was very much more about substance. Uh, more than substance, it was about impression, and uh, there was a, a you know physical appearance was a deterrent, and I was the bigger guy, and, and that's kind of how it worked, and then if things got rough, then you had no skill, you just power through. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Which is not the best way to be, and but, but, but that's what you tapped on, that primal force, that whatever, but no real technique. I mean, I, I would have to say back then, I mean, today's there's a big culture of MMA and there's a lot of knowledgeable people out there with a, an ability to fight or handle themselves. I think martial arts or or more effective striking arts and other sort of arts are more, much more widely spread. Back in the days, I think everyone was in, you know, like, you know, of the karate kid or whatever it might be. But it was it was more mystical. It was this whole kung fu thing and thinking that the one inch, you know, mythical one inch punch and all this sort of crap that you see on YouTube and kind of devalues a lot of the a lot of traditional martial practice. And unfortunately, I think that Aikido is being infected with a lot of that nonsense as well. It's been,
0: been po- it's been poisoned, isn't it? In a in a way. And, um, I, I published. Um, uh, an article just the other day about trading and development and, uh, and 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 addressing the fact that the, the decline in Aikido has coincided with um uh, the ad, you know the, the the advent of the internet and google in particular and and social media it hasn 't been kind to Aikido but then again, again Aikido is guilty itself for for perpetuating uh and bullshit uh, a lot of the time, it, it, not 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 adhering to um, solid, stable, and um, physical training. Uh, I don't mean grunt training, but that but there is an element of grunt, and a significant element of grunt into it. But I'll come back to that uh, um, uh, a little later. Just the, a couple of things. Um, first of all, this was all in your hometown. Is it in Corinna in Galicia?
1: Yeah, back like in the day, yeah, it was like there. Yeah.
0: So it must have got gotten quite hairy at, uh, at times, uh, as in dangerous, uh, as in uh, that you're maybe sometimes felt on the spot, threatened, maybe weapons, knives, maybe? There
1: was, there was a bit of that, Certain there were, you know, blunt objects, all sorts of things. It, it got worse towards the end, and then it's when, I think, like, common sense on my, on my behalf kind of um, prevailed, and I... Just thought, look, um, I'm a really good gifted student. I'm about to finish my degree. And do I really need to be doing this for a bit of extra spare cash to spend when going out? Uh, but yeah, he you got, you got, you got very serious at times. I mean, it is a scary job and it's, it's underpaid. Um, um, you know, it also, you know, I think it's good to get to know that part of yourself. That deals with fear. And there was a lot of chat, I think, in some of your podcasts, I think, with, with Stevie Boyle and, uh, and then also to some extent with Yahya talking about fear. I mean, I think the practice, and you, you, you can elaborate on this but with, with achievers and savers, that sort of practice that put you on that edge, on that spot where you, where you have to deal with fear. And it's not an easy thing, but rather you know, confronted and accepted, and, and you know we all have fear. I mean, uh, it's one of the subjects I've read. There's a couple of really good books. There's one by, by um, the, the explorer. I, I never I always mix them all up. The fiends, but Randall Fiends about fear. Fine, fine, Yeah, sorry, fine. Yeah, sorry about the pronunciation, but. Um, which deals with fear this is very interesting, and you know everyone who's been, you know, uh, you met a lot of Navy SEALs back in San Diego, etc. They all tell you that they're terrified when, when, um, when they go into combat, etc. Anyone who who is not uh, is lying. But the 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 standard of your training is so good that, as they say, and I think there's the saying that you you go back to the to the lower base of your uh, training standard and that's where you can rely on there's been all these neural connections there's been all this work that you repeated a thousand times like we repeated a thousand eqs or, or and and that's where you have you can tap into at the times when when otherwise you will paralyze. and it's good to have those encounters i was thinking about that today i was telling to, to to one guy who's doing one of his early sparring sessions in boxing when you know you have a lot of Punch is raining upon you, it's not the time When you can cower and, and not deal With it, you, you need to deal with them Which is not an easy thing, they're coming to you Okay, well use your technique, get out of it Deal with it, but do not Block And uh,
0: Well, you're, to, you're talking like You're chemi in a sense okay, yeah. you, don't, you don't run away you, you don't charge in, because that's Obviously that's not working You don't not do anything, that's that's even Worse, you can collapse you can you can fold. You can you can uh, yeah, escape within and be passive, uh, pacified. But none of it is going to help you. you. You 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 um you have to engage. And so what, how do you engage? Are uh,
1: you, uh, and, and where is it? So where is the safest spot? The safest spot in those situations is the the spot of where you're most frightened to go to. It's <laughs> I mean, if if you seeing a blow come, gone go look for it, shorten the distance. Um, If you have a knife, you better have it very close to your body where there's no momentum, you cannot accelerate, than have it with someone coming, you know, away from, you know, at a distance. It's it's just closing the gap, closing the distance where you have control over the body, have control over the center of gravity of the other person. And it's it's the place of terror because it's where you don't want to go. You don't want to go into the punch. You naturally want to cower away, which is also a valid option. But if, you, if it's already coming and you're at mid-distance, just go into it. Absorb it. Take ukemi. It's essentially that.
0: Well, I mean, using your, uh, uh, your boxing uh, training as well, um, good coaches can spot whether you're instinctually you're an in-fighter or an out-fighter. Mm-hmm. So, so there's other so going in or staying uh, too too out of reach of the, of the other guy. But you have to have the skill to 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 maintain that. And assuming that the geography that you're in allows for that uh, as well. And then you have got the freaks like Muhammad Ali, who I love to talk about. Who who can do it all. You can you yeah. can rumble with the, with the toughest, and you can uh, he can dance, and he can dodge, and you can do all of that. But um, but we're coming back to fear, it's an interesting one because somebody asked uh, Chiba Sensei uh, uh, why you know why Aikido, why Budo, and uh, and people talk about the, the, there's the usual tropes uh, of your center, your connectivity, and all this stuff. And and the answer is you can get all of those doing. There's many things you can do. You don't you don't need to do Aikido to find those things. You'll find it in a in a particular kind of way in, in, in Aikido. But it's fear, you know, if you're training if you're if you're training uh, in Budo. Um, you know if, if you 're nervous there 's an element of fear there um and the teacher's probably doing his job right, and the students uh, should 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 feel that because um be honest about this um, there's a there 's a high in there isn 't there there's a that that thrill there is, there is an addictive quality when when the energy goes up because you don 't know what 's happening because there's a, there's there 's adrenaline and there 's the unknown and fear, and you're scared that um, the energy goes up and you feel more alive than you would do if that didn't happen. And, and that's a big part of why people get into these type of uh, um, training regimes or, or, or type of bouncing work or um, or, or anything uh, related to it in that way. I mean, what do, what do you think of that, uh, um, Jose? I,
1: I, it's, I agree 100%. I mean, there is... It is addictive but it's addictive because I mean we're some I think we're somehow wired for it. I mean there's a lot of anthropological studies and um that you can read into. But we um I think you only really get to know yourself when you reach that point. And that is, you know, self knowledge is from my point of view very much related to Going into those places where you're scared to be and dealing with it, and that makes you feel very alive. And that's obviously what you said physically—the adrenaline—and then when your heart rate, when so when your heartbeat um, slows down subsequently, a rush of dopamine, and and it feels good. Um, but
0: yeah, I think you're talking about as um, a word I was looking at for a few days ago. Um, um, cognition, cognitive mm-hmm. thinking. I don't know if that's uh, if it's his thinking, but how stimulus, how behavioural patterns uh, are um, are affected under different situations and circumstances, and quite often, if you're too sedate, too um, inactive, that the, the, the fear hasn't gone away; it's there somewhere, and, and if it turns around. It becomes very, very... Um, you need to, you need to embrace it. You need to embrace it. You need to go yeah. into it because
1: I think there's a lot of... We, a lot of people live in the la, 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 land, uh, that they don't want to deal with things. We go back to the theme of, of openness. This is a perfect... You know, the perfect times are a very apt metaphor for people not wanting to deal with it. If you had never dealt with fear... Now that you're confronted mm-hmm. with a lot of things that have been thrown your way, that are throwing your, your, your world into disarray, how do, you, how do you deal with it? So it's better going back to that punch that you see coming and you cannot retreat. Embrace it and shorten the distance because that will soften the blow. And if you've been there a thousand times, um, you know how to deal with it. That doesn't mean you're not going to be scared because it's natural to be. It's, it's, it's being wired... Um, you know, by um, by evolution into, into our circuitry, into our central nervous system, and it has to be there. You know, only people who have damaged their amygdala, um, you know, through trauma or whatever, um, have had that, you know, feeling eradicated from them. But you cannot run away from the things that scare you or the things that travel you, it's the same as sukemi, you know, the most comfortable spot is when you dive into it, when you you have to take the high fall, don't it just go into it and I'll soften the blow uh, of, of, gonna, of a, kite,
0: a koshinage one. or whatever, you know I was going to say to you, the most comfortable spot is is the most uncomfortable spot. <laughs> exactly. Because it's the same
1: as yeah. skiing or snowboarding. I love snowboarding at Benifer for, for many years. And the, the point where you have most control when you're going down here, you need to point the snowboard down. And it's, it's what you, exactly what you don't want to do because you know it's going to accelerate. But guess what? Once yeah. it
0: accelerates, you've got control over it. Uh, it's the it's the it's the center of gravity. Um, when I think about it, meaning where where is the point of where it's happening, and uh, and, and, and people are people have become very much navel gazing, and and that's also happening. That's one on one level. It is when when you sit or when you when you are uh, circ- looking inward or contemplating yourself, but when you're dealing with an, an other. As you would do in uh, in any kind of training, the center of gravity is now shifted. It's bit, it's, it's it's a tension point between two individuals, and uh, and it's where the violence is potentially there, and, and that's where you've got to be. It's uh, it's how you deal with that, and uh, that's a big part of training. And uh, you're right, uh, with that fear was a. Uh, it was a constant. I mean, he, he, he um, I was chatting to Yahya Solomon, as you, you mentioned earlier, and, um, I messaged him and I said, I, in my heart, I, I deeply believe that Chiba Sensei is very much of, um, if he is Japanese, but if he was a, a European, uh, of the Judeo Christian origin, he, he would be what you call an Old Testament guy and, uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and that that paragraph or that sentence, uh, um, I walk through or into the valley of death or whatever uh, it goes. You get you know it's not light stuff. It's heavy. It's heavy stuff. And and it's maybe where you know he he, he carried dark with him. He was a, is a big part of his. Uh, his, his identity and 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 how much of that was because of his roots and you know the, the era he grew up in his, his upbringing his life his training and how much of it was him and how much that he decided to keep that side um, uh, close to his chest and you he used it as a as a tool for for a, for his training and uh, you either embrace it or you start hating the fact that that, that it's there uh, that's That was him. I can't get into that because uh, only he can answer that and he's not with us uh, um, anymore. But... but, um it was there, and it was it was as you mentioned, commando, special forces, uh, U.S. Marines, uh, and the sheriff's department, the the the, the DEA, uh, the FBI agents, uh, and some a couple of guys from my early days. Um, uh, one guy I won't mention his name, uh, Bill. Um, he used to do um, door work like himself in um, in the Boston area, and uh, he he got um, he got ambushed um after work and he hospitalizes several of them he had that crazy uh uh, rage that would come out of uh, him, and it, could, and it goes into a, a trance. Uh, there's a couple of guys I knew here, George, one of the Greek students, trained with uh, Chibasense. Chibasense described him as the best street fighter I've ever seen in my life, and the worst I it Okay, uh, hope George is not listening to this because uh, he'll come and knock on my door, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd rather have him on my side than, than against me. Although he's, he's uh, you know, he's still around. Uh, I hope he's well. If you, if you hear this, hope you're well, George. Um, but it but that's quite some statement when you've got guys like that. And to the man, all wary of the type of human being that uh, Chiba Sensei was, all of them were nervous when, when he switched it on, um, he cultivated that. And uh, and we were around it for a long time, Yahweh, myself, Chibano, um, yeah, the, the, the Dash in particular, whereas the others could go home and you could switch off and forget it for a while, and uh, yeah, we, we couldn't. You're, you're around that all the time, and believe it or not, you start getting used to uh, living with that around you and the process of it is um is incredibly powerful incredibly uh, 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 empowering using a, a sort of a new age um, americanism there uh, the the, the it reminded me of uh, of something else as well that um i think a military phrase uh, phrasing uh, uh, train hard, fight easy, you, you, and you, and you don't know what you're in. You know, you know, you know you're going through a hard time. You know, it's this is a um, very challenging, uh, indescribably challenging. But when you're out, you don't actually quite realize um, the, the, the transformation. And uh, then you look around you, and you realize most people are not coming from where you're coming from. <laughs> and, uh, which is, think, I think that's a good thing, you know. Uh, um, that they got, they got, there aren't too many cheaper senses walking around, and that, uh, and he had a, a reign. He had a, there, was, there was a moral side that kept uh, kept uh, uh, much of his power in in, in, in Reined in; otherwise, we, we would have been in true trouble uh, with what he could he could do. But it is a part of it, and I think, um, and hence, you know, Aikido is a martial art. It was around him; it was it could not be anything but that. And uh, he himself would describe uh, some people's Aikido as quite abstract. You know, it's a great physical. Um, movement, um, admirable moves. Some people move better than uh, um, some of the more um, formed martial artists, uh, but but they don't have the Budo part. They don't have the 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 the, the warrior uh, part of that warrior spirit. Huh? I hope I'm not sounding cheesy here, but uh, but uh, it does come from the samurai caste, and it, it is what what's evolved into the modern uh, situation. But in a more modern description of it is, is gumption, spirit um, fight, uh, fighter's character uh, and as I often say it's not about fighting it's about having a fighter's spirit that's part of your makeup and realising that it's part of your makeup it's quite primal as you said and um, and it's a wonderful thing. And, uh, well, I say wonderful, and it's not all wonderful. It's uh, We all do have a, another phrase I like, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We, we've got a all, all of us to a man, unless you're an angel. And maybe there's a few of those. I'm not sure. But, but but you know there there are and I think if you can address some of that or, or in in you and face that and maybe that, that's you know, coming back to the element of fear. fear there, there's many kinds when when you're training like that, the fear of getting hurt, the fear of getting injured, the fear of getting hit. The fear of looking stupid, probably even more than getting the fear of getting hurt, the the the, the fear of failure, the fear of um, the fear of what you don't know, and 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 what is it that you don't know? Well, that's the problem. You don't know. That's the that's the point. And uh, and so I remember a visitor from England. Uh, we went to a, this is the University Avenue stage. It was an intermediate dojo. It was uh, in in a well in the university uh, heading towards the university area on University avenue and um in north park and round the corner there was a pub called Tuberman's. we used to hang out in they are all sitting chatting away having a beer or two and a guy turned around and said uh that he's scared you know when he goes to class he's scared and she sense went quiet and had a couple of puffs of his cigarette and looked at him and said we're all scared of something mm-hmm. Which is, which is basically one it's obvious that, that is the case, but it's all but what I took from that is he's also saying this mate, I've got stuff that I'm scared of and, uh, and in fact um, there's a lot of, there is fear uh, in him and I think the greatest uh, martial artist, the greatest buddha. They keep that part alive. It's what makes them great, actually. I think uh, at least that's one version of it. I think um, it's what drives them. It's what lifts them. It's what gives them that extra edge over over somebody else. And um, and that was very much the environment that we were in. It's, it sounds crazy. And uh, and the fact that we chose to do this, and, stay, and not only do we choose to do this, that we stayed with him for a long time. Um, I don't know what that says. Uh, yeah. You have to be a bit crazy, and uh, but I think it was good crazy. It's um, uh, a remarkable experience, and there's and you don't find men like that around uh, uh, anymore, unless you yourself. I mean, uh, what do you think, um, Jose? Have you come across some extra, very compelling individuals that uh, have have this aura about them? Yeah, I mean, the, the, yes, I have in the past. Um,
1: maybe not in a in a formal. S- teacher, student sense, um, just few of those around for a number of reasons, which you know better than I do. I think some of the Aikido that you practice, you will never have again. You cannot replicate for a number of reasons. Um, that we all know well, and you know better than I do again, so I'm not going to go into that. But you go through life and you see people. You, when you've been in, in situations, um, when you put people on the extreme, at an edge, and I've been in a few situations. I've been prone to putting myself in a few situations of that nature, as you mentioned, during my youth. Um, you, you see what people are made of, and not, not everyone's has it, and, and not I, I cannot say, you know, I could, I could not really say that. I was the one who had it, is the people you don't expect it and at that time they have that weird twinkle in their eye and they're the ones who get it and who feel comfortable in that spot. Very few people I've seen in my life. It's a couple of them that, you know, I used to used to work with me back in those days and, I don't know, some of, of the team of six, I think, you know, two that have an overdose, one is dead, the, another one probably ended up in jail and, Another one.
0: That was the fellow you introduced me to in uh, in Corina, Oh, yeah, you're of. right.
1: Actually, Charlie, he's still in good nick. He's he's practicing Kraft Maga. <laughs> I ran into him last time I ran. I went like, uh, uh,
0: uh, because he looks because he looks like he needs
1: it, doesn't he? <laughs> is, is, well, he's he's a beast. I mean, I've never seen anyone bench press like that guy. I mean, he was he, he was an, a mountain of a man, but. Give you a clue that wasn't the guy who you see his eye twinkle. He and I were very strong and you know mountains of human beings, but it was all physical in uh, intimidation, which would deter ninety or ninety five percent of all people. but the five percent I give you trouble. they have the twinkle in the eye, and there would be one guy in your team that would have the twinkle in the eye, and it wasn't me, and it wasn't the guy you met Charlie. It was other people and and other warriors. There's some people are born like that. They feel comfortable putting themselves in that spot. I don't know if it's a genetic trait, etc. Chiva, but your accounts, I, I unfortunately didn't get to to, to, to meet him. But, you know, um, he's one of those people who could have a fire and put himself in there. And Yeah, I'm sure he was scared inside, but at that time they don't show it and they feel comfortable.
0: Well, Stevie Boyle um, told me a a story uh, not that long ago, Um, his old teacher. Uh, George, uh, the late George Goon, he was, he was uh, one of those twinkle in the eye tough guys, uh, and, and he wasn't a, a, a massive physical specimen. He was a skinny, wiry uh, Glaswegian, but as but as tough as they came, and uh, and he, he, he had a huge uh, love and admiration for for Chibazense. And um, when he was in town one day, it happened to be when um, uh, one of the Orange Marches are on. You know, they, they still go on yeah. even to this very day. And you have got they got the more you know all the banners are out and all the hundreds and thousands are going from this street to that street and the the drums are beating and the the the, the music is uh, is there and she was sensing this goes walk right in front of them <laughs> strutting straight back as uh, uh, walking across like who are you he's like I'm not scared of you and walks across and there's George uh, yelling sensing sensing no no <laughs> <laughs> sort of come back he's like do you do you, do you know what this is uh, and. Uh, and my guess is they looked over, and I think if he was light skinned fellow, looking English or, or Scottish, it might have been a different story. But an Oriental guy, they probably thought he lost direction or something, <laughs> or, or, or who is that? But it was just it was it was a reflection of. Uh, and yeah, a part of that um, uh, nature of his. It's, it's uh, um, you know, it's, it's like the fireman in a way. When, when he's talking about where it's scary, he, if the fire is there, he'll go in, but everyone else is running the opposite uh, uh, direction. But um, but but he also Chiba Sensei himself uh, described a very interesting story, a very famous story, actually um very easy to find look here if you look up on google um it's about kimura and ricky rozan and um i don't know if you're aware of, of these individuals back in the 50s and, and 60s and um I think fifty, yeah, fifties and sixties. And uh, Kimura is regarded, I believe, is the, the, the greatest uh, judoka uh, to, to to come out of uh, Japan. And, and the, the word was there was no judo before or, 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 or after. So that sounds like he was the pinnacle. So in terms of. The heart of a warrior, the technique, the conditioning, the the the, his physicality, uh, all came all came to a a singularity with this with this guy. And um, you know, there's Kenshiro Abe uh, Abe Kenshiro. Kenshiro, I can't remember the order, but uh, he beat him in, in a. In, in in the contest, so he was uh, again another formidable one. But Rikido O'Sam was of Korean descent, and he was from. Uh, got into sumo. I don't think he liked to play by the rules, the etiquette, and they kind of kicked him out. And I think he was quite glad to leave, from what I understand. But um, they they it was the early days of what eventually became the WWF, which they formulated, and somehow Bora accepted. Um, Uh, a challenge and uh, to go into the, into, into the box, into the boxing ring and wrestling ring. And, um, it was arranged, obviously it was not, uh, it's not going to be, um, uh, free. If if it was, if it was a true fight, free for all, I mean, someone's going to die or someone's going to get seriously busted up because these guys are so formidable. So it, it was the forerunner. And in those days, um, Japan lost the war, still smarting. And when Americans would visit the wrestlers, they were the bad guys. So the the, the Japanese would beat the bad the bad guys, and then the, it's sort of the narrative, the storytelling. But Kimura loses, which shocked um, someone like Shimosenso, who, who who looked um, uh, up to Kimura, and 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 many like, young men would have, and and then uh, um, so, but. Hats off to Dozan that he had the the, uh, the ability uh, to to take him out. Uh, so w- what was it about? They thought you know the the, the finest judoka, the finest Japanese warrior, just lost against this guy, who himself ended up getting into a, a fight with a Yakuza guy uh, in in a bar, and uh, they're rumbling. And uh, I I misunderstood the story. I thought he was ambushed, but apparently apparently not. They 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 ended up fighting. He was getting slapped around. And the Yakuza guy pulled a knife on him and stabbed him. And uh, he didn't get himself treated, well, but he got himself treated, I should say, but didn't um, rest himself, uh, got infected, and he died. And, uh, and it was Sense's interpretation uh, of it that a highly skilled, uh, incredibly powerful athlete, he's got the mind for it and he's got the body for it, was taken out by uh, by what? By a guy who pulled out a knife, and apparently regretted it all his life uh, uh, afterwards. But um, and, he, and, and, and it made made you wonder what is martial art all about. And 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 it's I didn't understand. I thought this sounds this sounds crazy. But many years later now, it, you do wonder. It's like uh, if you, I lived in the US and uh, mm-hmm. gun culture. What what is a Nikkyo or Nikkyo going to do? And let's say, I looked at Chiba so We lived in a very violent uh, neighborhood uh, uh, when we went to the Fairmont Dojo. Gunfire every night. I mean, mean, almost without failure. I think there was one night there was no gunfire and we thought there was something (laughs) wrong. (laughs) And then, then another night would uh, would come up, and uh, it was. You could, you, I started to tell the difference between calibers, and then there was a guy with a, C, a CB uh, radio. Uh, Hugo had uh, a had a radio, and he was tuning on to the police uh, um, uh, wavelength, and, uh, and and you could hear the description. Guy walks into a bar, and uh, and it sounded like they knew each other. There's a there's a history here. Next moment, gunfire begins. Next moment, they get some backup, and then there's again a gang war is going on here two blocks from the dojo and you could hear it um go, uh, going on and so there's us in the dojo with with this with this um, incredible uh, martial artist and uh, and you, and you you wonder you know you, you know you have to you have to have your own vision in the, in the end you have to do, you have to ask yourself what what this is for is it, is it really for learning something to go out there and using an older uh, London term here, duff, duff somebody in, you know, do somebody in? Um, and, and, um, and Murashige, he, he, uh, Sensei, used to train there. His father was uh, another of Ueshiba's um, yeah, big man, and he was uh, in the war, a formid- very, very formidable uh, fighter. And he, he used to tell his son, if you want to get good at fighting, fight. You know, uh you you can be you can do anything, MMA boxing, judo, I right? you know, a mixture, mix all the stuff. But in the end, if you want to be a fighter, you have to fight. And he told him, Don't pick on little guys, pick on people bigger than you. And if you lose, don't come home. It's uh so talk about being stuck between a rock and a hard place. If you lose there's no home, so you've got to go back and you've got to win, and and, and then uh, and out of that fire comes uh Conander Barbarian is born out of the pit. <laughs> you know, the, that, that, that's the old, the old ways of doing it, and, uh, and a way that doesn't exist uh Anymore, which I would add is a good thing. But but um, so there's a conundrum. Uh, I suppose what, what we're leading to is there's a conundrum. How do we retain something? Uh, and maybe we don't. Maybe I already know the answer that you got what you got. You, Jose, have got what you've got. We do what we do and we, we try to do it as best we can, and teach in the way that I, that, that, that I do and the rest will take care of itself it will be whatever it will become uh, you i can't control uh, none of us can the zeitgeist in you know what kind of society we're living in um but what i would like to be feel like a part of is to maintain and keep a bit of that tension a bit of that fear in the dojo um going uh, more or less you know uh, and uh, and uh, it, it, it there's something to be said about that, and, uh, and if somebody wants to learn how to fight, and one of my guys goes off and yeah, uh, uh, wants to cut his teeth that way, he comes back and then he's got he's got uh, fighting skills and he's got his uh, Budo skills, and it merges and it becomes even more formidable. Well, good luck to him, but um, if the police comes uh, calling me, <laughs> uh, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Teaching these guys, I might have something to say to them. Uh, um, yeah, I would, I wouldn't want to hear that if I'm honest. But um, um, it's an interesting question, isn't it? What, how, how do you feel about that and where it's going?
1: Well, I think, and this is my take on it, and it's not as qualified a take as you, you. You're an accomplished uh, martial artist uh, to a level I would, uh, I would never could aspire to be, and obviously because I haven't had the the training. Um, my take on Budō is is a byproduct of an era. Um, if you take the the prime era of the you know the the, the Tokugawa regime, or uh, actually even before that, the the, the Kamakura period, which is the, the the big warring period, and where a lot of the early martial arts were probably developed, there were. You know there were util- seven, seven, seven. Exactly. I mean, there were. You know, those days you woke up one morning and you knew that it was likely that you might not see the next day because it was a constant warring period, and it was a number of things. And uh, and budo was almost uh, a way to, uh, well, it was it was an instrument for, for survival, for thriving, for for you know prevailing on the battlefield. If we take that to the to the to the current day and age um, and I was actually mentioning this the other day to a lower ranked uh, uh, b j j belt the other day in class and you know getting a bit philosophical but as i see it in our current day and age um you know what we're given uh, the the evolution path you're attaining belts you're becoming uh nidan sandan, whatever in whichever art you practice and above um it's an evolution path where you have the technique side of it, which is like an iceberg. You see 10% of it. And and the real journey and the real powerful thing is the internal transformation. And to me, and this is only to me, because um, for me, you know, I'm a fund manager. I'm not a door bouncer anymore. Uh, I'm a citizen who lives in peace and harmony with his neighbors, most of the time, and um, I do not have a utilitarian approach to martial arts. For me, it's a, pa- a path of internal evolution, and and I get a lot out of it, and that to me is 90% of the art, the one that you don't see that is inside. Obviously, this comes from a 48-year-old. If you talk to the, and this was my chat to a 20-something-year-old guy, then it's, it's a different consideration because he's, his, his expression of the art, he's going to see the reverse thing. It's 90% of it is the, what you see on the outside, the the prevailing on the mats, the being stronger, leaner, meaner, faster techniques, accumulating a thousand, a million techniques and, and making them work better than anyone else. But, but it's the internal journey that I think is is what we need as a society, as a society, and at times like this, in particular, when a lot of people are under a lot of stress and they don't have the means to deal with it. because uh, I think the martial education, the martial upbringing, puts you on the spot all the time. Time, you know, you're constantly under stress. You know, we have a class with you. Anyone could be asked to take ukemi at any point in time. I mean, your approach in the dojo is different from other dojos I've been to when practicing Aikido where, you know, sensei would only take his two favorite guys who, you know, do the beautiful and flowing ukemi that make him look good. But here you would work with all levels, all different students, all shapes, all all gradings, all skill sets and you sit there, and you know you're on the spot, you could be on the spot, so that's that's the ability to deal with that pressure, to to have to take ukemi, to it is the inner journey for me. Um, obviously, having said that, a good accomplished martial artist will know how to handle himself in any situation, uh, and I want to think that the way he or her or well, she will, hand him, uh, will handle himself or herself will be by taking the you know the sensible martial approach, and I'm sure that when you mentioned in the, the, that episode when Chivason say he's his idol got stabbed, maybe the sensible martial approach was to take a step back, you know? Because as you said, I mean, we're, we're using techniques that go, but
0: I I I completely agree with you. But I, I was thinking that we're probably talking about guys who lived uh, mm-hmm. to the full. They're burning the can, they're burning the candles at both ends. Probably don't expect to reach forty years old. These guys—they, they—you they, uh, they, know—they—they—they they, they drank well, they ate well, they stayed up night. They're, 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 they're machismo. They're, they're um, full of life and, um, and and maybe true to the true warrior in a way that you're not thinking about tomorrow and you're not thinking about the consequences. It's not a um, you know the outcome which is. Uh, um, there's a good side to that. It's like um I'm living for now. Uh it's very difficult to make plans that way, but that, that but um maybe it was a, a lax moment, you know, maybe a couple of drinks too many, uh, maybe lost the temper uh, that day. Uh, but we we um I think it shows another side that also human and uh, which is important for me because um the that the that what, it, what do you call it when someone's made a saint? Yeah. The sanctification, yeah, so, yeah. is that right? Of, of, of the founder of Aikido, Ueshiba. And, it's, and I find it like um, just horrid drivel, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm honest about it. <laughs> It's, it it takes away um, the hard work, you know, the the the, the sheer conscientious, conscientiousness that um, a, a talented, ambitious, and driven man also worked very, very hard, blood, sweat, and tears, and uh, and the outcome was well. We we, we um, try to practice the the, the, the the art he left behind, and uh, and and so I find that when it's. Um, t- Described in those terms, I don't. I don't, I don't a sanctified a, a way. I don't like it. It takes. The, it's put put in one of the, uh, ethereal level and the human being uh, uh, is taken away maybe that's inevitable i don't know but it seems to be a concern of aikido i don't hear it in, i don't hear kano described mm-hmm. in the same way or the or the top uh, kendo or, or judoka um like like the kimuras it's a more uh, uh, tangible quality and Ueshiba was uh, was a practical man ultimately uh, mm-hmm. in all these um i agree i think um there is the inner journey, but I want to ask you one other question. Right now, I asked you before the podcast began. You're do, you're, mm-hmm. you're able to box, and you're able to do... BJJ, um, BJJ, yeah. it's BJJ, is it? And both, both those are with very competent coaches. That's uh, correct. Got that and right.
1: the, my BJJ teacher is a very high-level guy who came from Rio de Janeiro and Carson Gracie. Um, school and uh, yeah, my co- uh, well, my my coaching mentor is uh, a two times a two two times uh, Spanish lightweight uh, boxing champion and yeah, he's got a very good team at his gym. So yeah, the the level is very high in both of them. I would say.
0: So, uh, has Spain got a strong boxing? Uh, Pretty strong history? within Europe.
1: Um, obviously, not as strong, I suppose, as the the Irish or some of the Eastern European countries like the Ukraine, who have like phenomenal fighters. Um, I would say, you know, they've had some high level guys uh, winning. You know, my my mate like had a shot at the European um, title. Um, there's a few Spanish war.
0: Well, well, but but it is but, if but if just Spanish champion. This is a of oh, yeah, athlete and, uh, yeah. and and skillful man. And uh, and how do you find how do you find it in contrast with training
1: uh, with much me, easier? With me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I, I mean, I'll, I'll be that. honest with you. I, actually, uh, the other day I finished. Uh, we, we had a um, there was a new beginner um, at Aikido class the other day, and he had an extensive. He was a relatively old man had an extensive background in, in, in judo, um, on a very good level, uh, by the looks of it. And he was just telling me, you know, I find it, uh, I find it like I very difficult. He was probably like, you know, did one year of training, just came back into it after many years. And I said, look, man, I devote many hours to other arts. And this one is still elusive, still frustrates me. I get the other ones, you know, you can kind of get the general principles. You can get a lot of stuff, but, um, after 11 years, I have no clue and every time that I practice, like, you know, I find that I'm just actually one step back. It's a very difficult art, but having said that, um, I found that it's only now and you know we haven't trained for a long while. you and I together haven't had the pleasure of uh, um, having you teaching and um, my days in London or way back. Uh, Uh, um, but but, but it's only now that I'm starting to get some of the things that you conveyed to me, and you've been trying to tell me for many years to no avail, you know, as if something's starting to click. So that goes on to link to to, to another discussion. It's like, you know, is in this day and age where there's a prevalence of BJJ and MMA and other arts that you see in the UFC that they're most effective and Aikido always gets laughed at, is Aikido relevant? And I would say yes, because people have no idea. They don't really, I mean, all the crap that gets divulged on on the Internet. um, doesn't do it justice. It's very internal. A lot of it does not show the good masters, and yourself included, they're not, they're not um, popular, they, they, you know, they don't break down the technique. It's not the way that you go about things in Aikido. You see a BJJ um, technical instruction of how to, you know, do an um, arm lock from the mount, and you can break it down. This is what you do. You put, you shift your weight here, your knee goes there, and then you lean back, etc. you know, Aikido is never taught like that. Maybe part of it is a cultural thing because the Japanese repeat a thousand times but never say a word. And part of it because there's this indescribable quality, which is the contact, the quality of the contact, which you can bring back into any art yeah. later yeah. on. And it's in many times myself rolling in BJJ <laughs> and other yeah. things. I go back to the feeling of, um, of holding your wrist in some of the prep uh, exercises, like the warm-ups and the connection. And, and and it's incredible that i can reestablish that connection back to that point when i didn't have a clue what Tanya Henko whatever you call these you know connection exercises or or um and it's um, yeah it's indescribable and it's useful in a way to that...
0: it's uh, i think of the idol. Uh, i was I was thinking of the ida as you said this it is in a sense that that energy is like You've sat for a couple of seconds uh, as, as you used to when you trained uh, in the Ido with me, and you you've it's not meditation because it's not. Ido is the Ido, but um but if you if you start tapping into a bit of that primal juice again uh, for want of a better term as you as you pick yourself up. The, the The trick is not to break it down um you know it's, it's you start it and you go you mm. see it through you the because the mo- that we're talking about the spirit that that's something um it's almost like a flow of consciousness or it is a flow of consciousness Al- almost like mu- like a musical quality once that energy begins, you mustn't interrupt it you've got to take it to its conclusion and then you wind up. And then you build up, and then that goes to his conclusion. So the draw, then the cut, the jaburi, and then the knoto. So when you grab, when you grab the wrist, I mean, Shiva Sensei used to say, and uh, when you grab, mm-hmm. you mould your body to that person's wrist. You're holding a weapon. That's that's the mentality. You should, that's the energy you should have. That's how he brought his own creative uh, qualities to it, and it, it, it is uh, an extraordinary. Uh, um, feeling and um, it—I it, I don't know what to say in terms of the, that breakdown because this was what just a year and a half ago, uh, about about half a year, nine months before uh, the lockdown began uh, uh, last year, um, I was I was on a Saturday afternoon and uh, one th- uh, and the Thursday before I, I decided to do uh, more practical stuff, that leg sweep and uh, and uh, someone attacks how you, you can pull an elbow in and uh and um rodrigo loved it absolutely blew him away suddenly the the throws suddenly become more tangible i suppose more familiar territory but the energy behind it uh, just completely uh, sent him uh into the stratosphere his brain was was over over overactive and later on he said you must do more of this uh, I love this. It's suddenly the possibilities and the and the power and and whatever. And I looked at him and I said. But that stuff is easy, yeah, and it's not. It's not what the dojo is about. It's a, uh, you know, we can have classes, and we can have a, a good number of them uh, built around that, and uh, more more quote unquote jujitsu uh, combative uh, elements. And it can bring uh, you, like your boxing that you're learning. You can bring your BJJ uh, qualities into. It. You can bring anything into it, and um, plus you're, you're a bit of your streets. You know, a bit of uh, a bit of dirt and and rough and tumble uh into the whole into the whole game but that's not what it is and and what and and what you're talking about and the the, the old guy you mentioned he, the old guy's right to do the orthodoxy of Aikido training is really, really difficult. It's much harder than that more tangible stuff. And so in defense of people, if you are looking for something immediately practical in, in that way, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. I, I, I get it. I get what you're looking for. But if you come to Aikido looking for that, you're, you, you've got to go on a journey first. You've got to go on this process and allow that to happen. What should happen if you get it I don't say right because there's many um, you know there's many reasons why people train but if you get on a certain groove of it um, you'll find that the process of training and what I'm trying to describe is becomes the primary thing and it's the more enjoyable uh, aspect of it and part of the benefits is that you've got the other stuff that comes with it that can be useful uh, here and there but the internal process is is, is consistent and whatever for however long you uh, you train and that's not a um maybe it 's uncomfortable inwardly as you, as you said Jose, and, and it, it, it's you get that with some guys in boxing um but it's it's very physical sometimes you get the the odd person who who sparks that that fear in you uh, in a different kind of way, maybe the way Chiba sensei uh, used to and and uh, I, I can say this to you what used to be make me laugh <coughs> part of me. And I hear this quote from that quote, and oh, like you know, it's not effective and he's not useful or whatever they're on about, I don't really care. Well, well, f- they find it they useful. I
1: mean, what well, context mean. against an assault rifle? Against like, because even MMA has rules. I mean, if you got a you got a knee on the ground, you mm. can all, you know, like knee someone in the face. It's not like in the old days you could literally you know f- fish hook someone.
0: But Jose, I. I, c- I can elbow you, and I can mm-hmm. I can take your yeah. knee out, and I can sweep your leg out, and you can do the same. Uh, not don't confuse the framework, uh, the 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 kata with um, mm-hmm. with what can be implemented uh, in it uh, as well. If you choose to train in that kind of way, and uh, but how many hours of a day do, does most people have to? Uh, uh, how much time do they have to expend uh, in order to grasp uh, um, a lot of this stuff. But what I was leading to is um, these people are very critical, and most of them are armchair <laughs> worries and don't really know what they're uh, talking about. But what I would in, but what amuses me is that, remember Dale? Dale, the American uh, student, mm. uh, wonderful Dale, and uh, I was chatting to him and, uh, I said, you know, I said, all, all this bravado and all this uh, uh, chest beating and, and whatever else and so-and-so can beat this and do that. If Chiba Sensei had walked into that room that when I was chatting to him about that and he opened his mouth or he uh, pulled out that energy that's inside, no words are necessary sometimes. Those those guys, ninety five, ninety nine percent of them would would turn around and and you and someone will see a guy running down the street screaming in horror <laughs> to get as far away from him as possible. That that that's the, the kind of uh, um, person he is. I, the, the, then there is the few who hang around, but uh, it's easy to be tough and it's easy to uh, have words when you haven't come across uh, a primal force like that and. Uh, um and again i think maybe it's just as well the in today's world but uh, but we do need to keep something alive there's no question about that and i think that's what it comes down to by the way there was an interesting documentary recently uh, akram um i forgot his full name he's uh, i think of bangladeshi origin uh, i think british born and, and and raised and he's a choreographer very well known international choreographer and he was asked to train his dancers with these MMA guys, three guys. Uh, one was a showboat, uh, you know, very charismatic and, and, and skillful one was quite philosophical He said that we all need a journey where uh, whether it be climbing Everest or sailing the Atlantic uh, this is my journey this is my Odyssey in a, in a sense going to go into that ring um, and uh, and my family understands I explained to them it's the fear probably for him every moment that fear he has he's got to bring in there and overcome that um, I, I, I liked what he said and then the other guy who was out, you know was a soldier he, he difficult family background, uh, I served in Iraq and Afghanistan. Came back uh, was at a bit of a loss, and uh, when he found training, it really gelled together. Discipline, uh, waking up at a certain time of day, uh, um, doing x number of repetitions, learning a new skill, uh, um, preparing for a fight, losing the weight for that fight, uh, um, you know, all this stuff, uh, just uh, taking his mind uh, off of um, negative stuff, I guess, and then and making him more much more creative with it, and uh, and and there's Akram who. Um, was bullied in school. Um, he, you know, a guy doing ballet dancing uh, or classical dance, um, very, very touchy feely, possibly, uh, maybe uh, of a creative uh, uh, sensibility. Got bullied, and so he had he had a stereotype and was quite apprehensive. But the ending was incredible. He concluded, uh, he got his dancers to do a presentation. You know, when the, when the fighter approaches the octagon, he had, his guy, he had his dancers doing a martial dance <laughs> to, uh, to sort of do a bit of showboating for the guy to arrive in. It's quite a declaration. But anyway, the conclusion is they all really got to like each other. And Akram's conclusion, and I really, really liked it, he said, at the end of the day, these guys aren't that different from us dancers, because when you trace it back, you trace it back to that core core value or, or essence that we have it 's about life it 's about being alive and uh, and being alive has got um, uh, sort of got fear in there as much as there 's fear as much as there is love and uh, and, and compassion and anything else um, you know, wandering around in our soul. so i 'll look it up i 'll send you the link and uh, I think you 'd enjoy it and uh, maybe the audience would enjoy it. Uh, uh, as well, but um, I'm, I'm, I think I've <laughs> run out of things to say.
1: That's a new uh, I mean, I think like... with you, I always, you know, spend endless and endless hours um, chatting because there's always something that comes up and evolves, and uh, and and you always you can always uh, the interesting thing and what I found um, in, in my Aikido journey is that you can bring so much back to your training that how much. All of it, you know, no matter what topics you're, um, you're debating, um, you can always bring it back to your training and the training is a core and it, it, um, structures your life and, and it gives you understanding. And I think if it's only that. You know, forget about the martial aspect of it, which is very good in the sense that it gives you discipline, it gives you structure. You know, there's a there's a famous uh, podcast guy who's a like, former Navy SEAL as well from San Diego, who um, whose big motto is discipline equals freedom. So within the martial discipline, I think we all find like an internal freedom and a structure to our de- uh, to our life. And um it makes us understand a lot of things, the world and ourselves better and that and that is the tool.
0: I, I, that's what it was, which is uh, um it's enough, isn't it? It's more than is more than enough for most, yeah, I would I argue. As um that's a good one um say that again. The discipline the, 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 the equals freedom because is... the thing is if you,
1: you need to get on i mean you need yeah. to start your day and I know that at you know at one o'clock I got boxing I got you know 12 rounds to go through whether I like it or not one o'clock that's what I do and that's your discipline and because you know what you have to do that that is a, that, that is a joy because it is the freedom that you know you don't need to think about something else you' just got to get on with it and you know that, at, you know, you know that it's Tuesday, it's eleven, and you gotta be JJ. You know, you gotta roll and, you know, be in awkward positions and you know, like twist limbs and be choked and do this for two hours and be a messy sweat. And that's what you do, and you get on with it, and you don't think twice about it because it's what you need to do and it's what you do. And 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 in that is the discipline to do
0: that that eventually yeah. empowers you. Yeah. Uh, Dale, again, he said, um, it's cold, it's winter, it's wet. It's been a really tough day at work, and um, uh, the old man is not well, and I'm a bit worried, and I feel really crap today. Oh, I'm not going to go to class. I I really don't want to go to class. Because it's Monday, whatever
1: time it is, and that's when you go to class, and that's what you do. And you don't think twice about it.
0: Yeah, and... Andy said, not always, but by far the majority, I'm glad I did. I am always better for it. Uh Afterwards, that's the benefit. So that discipline, that uh, willingness to resist um, seeking uh, uh, an alternative, just going home and sitting in front of a TV. Maybe uh, um, no, I'm going to go to class, and he went to class, and uh, and he's benefited from it. And I think uh, that there's may the, the the battleground today is is a, is a little different uh, than than it was 500 years ago, and we have to uh, we have to find out how to manage things in a in, a, in our society today and that's part of it I think what you described um, Jose thanks for joining uh, again and um, you you always have a lot of interesting things to uh, to add into it and um, now we know that um, from from finance Zen um Boxing, BJJ, Aikido, <laughs> door work, <laughs> bouncing, its uh, that. That's and yeah, uh, you're a not true to you. man. That's, that's, uh, uh, I,
1: I just like to be well-rounded. I, I said sometimes <laughs> I'm worrying. I was thinking the other day as I was jumping from one activity to the other, uh, and, and particularly when I look back into Aikido, which uh, I've always been the proponent, uh, and in the past I truly thought that you know you cannot be like a jack of all trades; you just gotta do one thing and do it well. And that was my. When it came to martial focus, Aikido was, was everything. And I always criticize people who cross-train. But having said that, and that's a topic for another, maybe another podcast in the future about cross-training because it's a very interesting topic. But I find that I can only truly appreciate my Aikido by delving, not, not delving, but taking seriously and embracing other arts to the point that you really get into them and you really extract the principles. And then it's when you go back to, uh, Aikido, and you realize how much it's given you, because it's, it's non tangible and it's it's mm-hmm. powerful beyond what you think you got. And I, I go back; I find myself in very yeah. precarious spots when rolling, doing BJJ, or absorbing blows in in a ring. And I, my mind sometimes wanders back to points of, you know, you and I training and. You know, uh, a concept that you can be something that was elusive at that time, and then maybe it's being beaten on the head or being choked <laughs> into unconsciousness. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> it's like a revelation, man. Yeah.
0: Has your, has your, um, have your co- coaches spotted anything? Have they asked you questions that uh, that you can? Point to I you know
1: certainly and from, a from a bJJ standpoint he he is amazed about the ability to absorb new technique knowledge think in general principles rather than techniques I think that just most people like to you know let be you know just to absorb and learn by heart a number of techniques which is a very Precarious thing, because I think you need to understand the general principles to actually be able to master hundreds or two hundreds of techniques because the bjj curriculum is like really ridiculously complex and many variations like chess game if I move here then i 'm thinking two steps ahead of this guy and then he can do this or that. but if you actually understand the the, the principles and you you have the sensitivity sometimes uh, i like to roll with my eyes closed to just to feel where the opponent's weight is and where my leverage is and it's that that sensitivity that takes me back to the very basic principles of ukemi and holding your hand and not be you know not be limp to feel the connection and know where it's going and that is very valuable when you're when you're sparring or when you're
0: and, with boxing. And, with, uh, and,
1: with boxing. and you know, I think it's just um, there is uh, you, you lose the, the direct connection center to center, because obviously in, in BJJ, it's always uh, um, a struggle of, you know, if you want to dominate, close the gap between yourself and your opponent. And if you're being dominated, you want to escape from a bad position to to create a gap between the two centers boxing is similar to that, but you don't have the contact, the direct contact, which it makes it more difficult, but it's still, there's still a number of of instances where you just, you know, it's about taking a kemi where you're rolling punches, you know, that's absorbing going with the, with the hook, just rolling it. And then you're open to the counter, which is a natural counter, like, you know, same role. You have the, the counter hook, um, I I think there's there's an enormous amount of connection. Uh, The BJJ is obvious one. I mean, in in boxing, I think it's more about hips flexibility and transmission of power, of energy. You know, you think about, when I think about um, boxing, a a number of the punches, I think kokyu a lot. And particularly your version of um, kokyu, where you have uh, the kokyu nage, you know the the Chivas and say school. You really coil it. You really coil it, which you don't see in other in other styles that I've practiced, more the tension Aikido and, and this sort of a school. But the one where you really coil, you're really loading. You're really loading your hook. You're 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 turning all your um, your hips completely.
0: Yeah. Creating, creating, exactly. creating pressure before expanding, and you explode out is like the same. Exploding you know, out of there, if
1: yeah. you're an orthodox box, boxer and you're, you're slipping a two, you're really coiling your, your, your left hook. But it's the same expression, the same mobility that you create for when preparing for for, for a good, powerful kokunaget throw. From my point of view there is more energy and more to feel in a direct connection with Uki which makes Aikido richer from my point of view. But, but, but the principle is the same.
0: But I think there's another aspect here, which is uh, overlooked. Um, it doesn't matter what you do. Um, well, hopefully you're doing what you want to do, what you enjoy the most. But um, what I mean by that is mm. um, the body's the body. So, when people say, oh, I, I'm a judo man, oh, I'm a karate man, oh, I come from dancing, if you look at someone who's really worked their body, who's really gone into it, the, the, the mechanics of it, the way uh, they handle it in movement, in positioning, in in, in timing... Uh, it's just a matter of implementation. It's like, well, they're, 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 the way it's implemented in Aikido is a little bit different than it is in Ido, which is a little bit different than it is in weapons, which is a little bit different than it is in uh, uh, in, in Jude and, and whatever else. But really, it's not. The body mm-hmm. and how it transmits energy and power and uh, it, it is the same. There's only so many things it can do. There's only so much range. Some people have got more range and uh, and, and ability and, and understanding than others. Uh, 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 astonishing people like Michael Jordan who look like they can float in the air and and mm-hmm. and. and Crikey. They they do. They, they hold it. He's up mm-hmm. there. What is he pushing off against? He's uh, staying in the air. So the, the internal muscular development must be extraordinary. And then the, the other one I've seen is that maybe even makes him uh, um, not look inadequate. That's not, not, not possible. But is, uh, I think he's Ukrainian in origin, one of the great um, ballet dancers of our era. He was at the, I think, the Royal uh, uh, Academy, uh, um, the Covent Garden crew tried to get him uh, as the, uh, the primary dancer at a very young age. But I think he went to, uh, uh, I think he went AWOL eventually. I, I can't remember the story, but there's a wonderful documentary on him. And he, uh, and he, he jumps into the air, does that scissor um, um, movement that they do uh, as his body's like in a side angle, almost like a Superman position. And he looks like he can fly off into the distance and he, to get the height and to hold the poise, um, all the top people can do that, all the good people can do that. But to get up there and not only hold it, but it looks like you can float there forever before coming down. So the artistry, and uh, we're talking about again, exceptional. Uh, expressions of it we can always learn from people like that you, you take a look and uh we should never ignore ignore it you should one should never say um, well i'll never be that which is absolutely true there's things chiba sensei could do that uh, i i could never do uh, no matter how much i trained but I, I could create my own version of it and 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 that's the magic of this that's the, your that's your own magic and it's important that we've all find out what that is no matter uh, how little or humble uh, we, we may think it is and uh, but the body's the body and and, and 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 the laws of gravity apply to whatever you do so if someone is good at their particular field and they come into my class I'll know I'll see that And if they say, well, I do this, I'll I'll take a look thinking, yeah, but maybe not that well, maybe not as well as you think you are. So it's relative. If you get into it, you you recognize it. And I think maybe that's a little bit of what you've discovered um, going into the boxing ring, that that the the physical training of Aikido has helped a lot more than uh, most people would think on the outside. And uh, I'm not surprised at all. And I remember when we met up for the first time after you left uh, England and you you went back to Spain we did the summer course mm. and your and your code completely changed <laughs> all the stuff everything that I wanted to see from you you would not do i thought you were doing it on purpose Jose. It was a <laughs> <it> was a, <laughs> uh, uh, issues with authority and you know, challenging my <laughs> uh, it wasn't the case at all i i, I knew that's um uh, um, stuff goes in, but I, but I can't always tell exactly what. And when I saw you later on, I thought, this is fantastic. He's, he, he's, he's light, he's crisp, he's, he can absorb, he can move. He's not hanging around getting clocked, uh, holding your ground when you should move <laughs> or you're moving when you should be sure. holding your ground. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's you know, he's always doing the, uh, the the opposite and uh yeah, and in the end, it, it, it did come together, and uh, and it'll come together again. God, I'm looking you, uh, forward to that, man. On the mat, and um, yes, and let's bow out now, Jose, because we're, we're, we've we've uh, we've come yes, to, uh, again, we'll... uh, second attempt to say goodbye. And um, please, t- please take care of yourself. Thank you for joining, and uh, and and great stuff. I really enjoyed it. too. Uh, thank uh, you so much. I I have a good evening. You have been listening to the Ike of London Discussion Series.